If you would turn with me to Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Last week we ended with the encouragement to not shrink back. And in this chapter of Hebrews, this chapter of faith, or this Hebrews 11 is to faith what 1 Corinthians 13 is to love. That is, it, it shows us how we are not to shrink back, how, how it is possible that we will not shrink back. So as we read our passage of Scripture, look for that. Look for that power to not shrink back. Again, our text is Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. This is the Word of God. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Let's pray. Lord, would you show us these invisible things? Would you come speak to us and open our eyes to see you? Lord, give us faith this morning, faith to hear and receive your word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it happened. I don't know how, but it did. I got old. I know I got old because I started reading bottles, and I'm like, what does this say again? Get it away from me. My kids run up and put something in my face. I'm like, wait, wait. No, you got to get that way back there. And I've had to do the dreaded deed of buying reading glasses. It happens. So that when I read in the morning, I have to have my glasses so that I can see things clearly, so that I know what's in front of me, so that I, I can read, especially my Bible. And when I was in Uganda, this, I was teaching a class. And the problem is, when you can't read, the lighting is very important, very important. And so the rooms were a little darker, and I'm like, what is, and I'm like, I got to do it. I got to put my glasses on while I'm in class teaching, and I'm like talking to the class, and then put my glasses on to read, but, you know, doing this. But the glasses are important because it helps me to see, to see reality of the text of whatever I'm reading in front of me. And that's what our text tells us we need this morning. We need glasses. We need glasses. We need the right glasses. And those are glasses of faith. You see, faith enables us to see God's faithfulness. Faith is the only way we can see God's faithfulness. It helps us to see the God who has been faithful to all of his promises since the beginning, since creation. The book of Hebrews is actually an exercise in demonstrating that God has been faithful to all of his covenant promises and that they're fulfilled in Christ. So the question is, how do we know God is faithful? It's through his word. Creation did what he said in the beginning. For his word carries his power. And it's the same power that he keeps his promises that he's given us. We can trust his word. But the issue is our recipients are in danger of taking their glasses off. Of looking with their own eyes to, to 
trust in their own power. But they ask an honest question. If, if we're suffering, if things are being taken from us, if we're being imprisoned because we believe in Jesus, then maybe is it true that Jesus is not as powerful as we thought? It, that God is not as faithful as we thought? And the author of Hebrews is going to show them that God is faithful. They just need the right eyes to see it. And if we're honest with ourselves, we too are tempted with the same kinds of questions. To take our eyes off of God and His faithfulness and put it on ourselves or our circumstances. We are tempted to trust in ourselves. To have faith in what we can do. To have faith in our circumstances or in our bank account. And our own gifts and our own strength. But our text tells us this should not be so. For our eyes should be on God. We are not the answer. But rather, because faith sees God's faithfulness, then brothers and sisters, have faith. Have faith. But what is faith? What is faith? Well, faith is seeing God's reality. Faith sees God's reality. What is real? What is real? Not what is Israel, but what is real? What is true? This has been a common debating point in philosophy and really amongst everyone else. What is real? And in modern philosophy, some will argue that material is the only real thing. Some say that reason is how is the only way we can know things. Or that we can only know things because of our senses, what we can see, taste, touch. But what philosophers won't discuss, most of them anyways, is faith. Faith is the way to see what is real. To see God's reality. Verse 1 shows us this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. That is, what do we hope for? The things that God has promised. It's the assurance of that. It's seeing that. It's, it's as if it's in the room with you. It shapes what we do. It's assurance and conviction. In what? In our good works? In our church attendance? In the programs we have here at the church? No. It's an assurance in God. In himself, in the things hoped for, things promised by God. What is very interesting is, is that this, I, I, these strong ideas of assurance and conviction are about things which we cannot see. You cannot see the thing hoped for, and obviously you cannot see things that are uh, not seen. Unless you have the eyes of faith. Unless you have the eyes of faith. For Paul in Romans 8 says, We do not see what we hope for, for the thing seen is no longer hope. And again, this idea, this, this, this idea that we need the right eyes to see the right thing, to see God's reality. Take Abraham, for example. In verse 11, it talks about his wife Sarah. 
By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand on the seashore. Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was past age. That's a nice way to say it. Abraham, it says, is as good as dead. That's just a funny way to say it in the text. It's right there in your Bibles, by the way. I'm not making this up. Abraham and Sarah, what do they see with their eyes? They see two old people who should not be having children. But what do they see with their eyes of faith? They see a God who is faithful. They see who a God who can do it. And so they live and trust in Him. They live and trust. They, their eyes of faith show them the true reality of things. If, anyone, if you were to ask anyone around, Abraham and Sarah, is God going to do this? They'd be like, no, they're too old. This is kind of hard. We don't know people that, that have babies at this age. Unless they know God, unless they have the eyes of faith, then they will see. And know and trust. And so what do we see this morning with our eyes? And what should we see with our eyes of faith? And one of the things we should see is that we're all in this room sinners. You should see that with your own eyes, with your own experience. You've probably been sinned against, so you know certain people in this room are definitely sinners. But you should know you're a sinner. But what do you see with the eyes of faith? You see a Savior who has died and risen again and offers you grace and forgiveness. And you know this grace. You know this forgiveness. And then you know that you are counted righteous in Christ. And there are many other things that, that we, we see and with our eyes, but we need to ask, what, what should our eyes of faith instead see? You see, the Hebrews saw that obedience was costly and difficult. And yet, if they put on their eyes of faith, what do they see? If they stop to look at God's reality, what do they see? No, they should continue. They should continue being obedient, even if it costs them their property, their freedom, as, as we've read, they've had their property taken. Some of them are in prison, even if it costs them their life. Why? Because they see God's reality that at the end of time, they will reap a reward that is far greater than all they have lost. And that they, that they will be with God and they will be victorious in the end. Not because of who they are, but because of who God is. And with our eyes, we see the world that's a mess. Wars and infighting and whatnot. But with our eyes of faith, we see the true reality. That God is king. And he is in control. And he has promised that at the end of days, Jesus will return and put right all that has gone wrong. And I could go on. But what is faith what does it mean to have faith? 
It's to see God's reality. But the common misconception is that faith is blind. Faith is a leap into the darkness. Is that what faith is? No. Faith, to be sure, sees things that we cannot see with our eyes. But it's not blind. It is the faculty given to us by God to see His reality, now this is the key, as promised by His Word. We trust His Word, not our eyes. And so what can help us here? What can help us from making, that, making faith blind? That is, we trust His sure promises and not what we hope will happen. We trust His sure promises, not what we hope will happen. So if you come to me and you're sick, I will pray for you. And if you ask me, will I get better? The answer is, I don't know. The Lord can heal you. The Lord may heal you. The Lord may not. Here's what I do know with my eyes of faith, that when Jesus returns or when you die, you will be 100% healed. You will taste a full healing, a full restoration of your body and its health in the age to come. That I do know, and I will stake my life on it. And let us not blindly believe that this government or any government in this world will usher in a golden age of perfection. For we know that only that will come when Jesus returns. And we're talking a lot about faith and seeing God's reality. And if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, we're glad you're here. And you're saying, I see my life. I see that maybe you see that things aren't going well and that you've done some wrong things. Then you can turn in faith to God. Trust in His Son Jesus, His death and resurrection, and receive God's reality of forgiveness and righteousness. Perhaps you're here this morning saying, I've chased down success. I've chased down all that this world has to offer, and it's not enough. I realize it's not lacking. Then put on the eyes of faith and see that God gives us far more than we can ask or imagine. And if you'd like to talk further about that, we would love to talk to you. Come talk to me or any of the elders here this morning. And so, brothers and sisters, this morning, let us have a faith in God that sees his reality, not not what we see with our eyes. And so we see that faith sees God's reality, but what else does it do? What else does faith help us to do? Well, faith endures. Faith endures. Look at verse 2. For by it, the people of old received their their commendation. That is, by it, by faith, the people of old, people of the Old Testament, have received their well done, good and faithful servant from God. They've received their commendation. Why did they receive it? It's not because of their intelligence or their skill or their how much they preached or all the accomplishments they did. Rather, they are commended. Because of their faith. Because they trusted God through their whole life. Through all the hard circumstances. Their faith enabled them to endure to the end. 
all the struggles of the world, all the torment, all the mistreatment, and all the difficulties. And how can they endure? Because they trusted a God who, as Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. They could endure because they trusted a God whose work and promises would continue beyond their own life to do what He said He would do. Therefore, it was worth it to them. Moses is an example of this in Hebrews 11, 24 through 28. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Moses was able to endure by faith because he trusted God. He trusted God would give him a reward. He trusted in God's riches, not the Pharaoh's riches. He trusted in God's commendation and not the Pharaoh's. He was able to endure because he trusted God. Faith enables God's people to continue walking in God's ways, even when that way is hard, even when it's difficult. You see, endurance necessitates difficulty. That is, if I tell you to endure something, it's not winning the lottery. It's not going on vacation to the beach. Oh, I've got to endure that again. Oh, no. Endurance is a call that saying things will be difficult. Things will be hard. But faith enables us to deal with it. And certainly the recipients of this letter are suffering shame and loss of property. They're called to endure like God's people of old. Having faith to see God's reality. To look forward to the reward that surely is theirs. Not in this life, but in the next. You see, Jesus said, In this life you will have much success. Wait, that's not what he said. What did he say? In this life you will have trouble. But what did he say? Take heart, for I have overcome the world. You see, faith looks to Jesus, not ourselves, the one who has overcome the world. We trust in him and God, not ourselves. And we're going to read uh, a couple of verses from Romans that show us this connection between endurance and hope. In Romans 5, chapter 5, starting at verse 3, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces Hope. 
and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then Romans 15, 4 shows us the source of how we can know what to hope in. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And we will, brothers and sisters, we will only be able to endure all the hardships that we're going to face, all the hardships we have faced, all the hardships we are facing, if we do one thing. is That is, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, who endured the cross. You see, Hebrews 12.2 says that we should look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set was, that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus has overcome the world, sin and death, and so we should have faith in him. And then we can endure. And let us be encouraged to have faith in Christ. And we have to look to Christ. Because our faith is in Christ. Because it is not how big our faith is, but how big the God that our faith is in. That matters. Why? Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mountain... You can move this mustard seed. No. He said, you can have, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, say to this mountain, go into this sea. Right? It's not the size of your faith. It's the size of the God your faith is in. You see, and we have a great, huge God who sent his own son, Jesus. We look to him. Our faith is in him. He surely can do it. He has overcome the world. And so if you need encouragement this morning, know that faith endures, but ask God like the father whose child was suffering demonic possession. He says, Jesus, if you believe, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. If that's where you are this morning in your endurance journey, pray the Lord. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Be honest. Because again, it doesn't matter the size of your faith. Because he is big enough to hold your hand and walk you through whatever it is you're going through. To encourage you to endure. And so if faith enables us to see God's reality and faith enables us to endure the hardships of this world. How can we have this faith? Where do we find? Where is our faith instructed? Well, faith trusts. God's word. Faith trusts God's word. Look at verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by what? By the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. It is by faith that we understand that the universe was created by what? Things that are invisible. Or out of things that are invisible. It's created by... The Word of God. That which came from nothing was came from the Word of God. And that is where we find 
direction and in our, where our faith is informed. Where our faith receives what we are to believe and what we are to do. You see, we don't make up what we want to believe. We don't get to make up our own religion. We don't get to make up what we should believe. I suppose you could. I don't recommend it. But rather, faith lives as what God says is true. Faith is living as, what, as, as doing what God says is true. If God says it, we should believe it. God's word created the universe out of nothing. Our text says it was made out of things that are invisible. And this invisible is the same word as in verse 1. We are convinced of things not seen. Just as God created the world from that which we cannot see, we can trust God even we can't see it with our eyes. Faith trusts God's word. Look at Noah in verse 7 of chapter 11. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. You see, Noah was standing there on perfectly good ground. It was very dry. Um, no boats to be seen anywhere. No water. And, and God says, you know what, Noah? We're going to build a boat. And Noah's like, you know, I'm not sure, God, if I can advise you that that's a good idea. But you see, the point is, Noah with his eyes saw dry ground, saw no need for a boat. But what did he do? He trusted, he had faith in God that what God said was right and good. And so he built a boat. He built a boat. And that is why he is the heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. It's because that while Noah didn't see it, he still trusted God's word and did what God said. And so this means, brothers and sisters, this morning we need to know God's word. That's why here at Hickson Presbyterian Church, we have many Bible studies. We have small groups, our youth group studies the Bible, our children's ministry is focused on teaching your children the Bible, God's word. It's why we have journey groups to go deeper into God's word, to encourage our hearts, to inform our faith. And this is why we encourage you to read the Bible on your own. All of this Bible that we point you towards is, is done so to strengthen your faith. It's why every Sunday we preach from God's Word. And we preach the Jesus whom God's Word focuses on. Every Sunday. You see, God's word informs our faith. What we are to believe and how we are to live. It is then with the eyes of faith that we read God's word. We trust what he says. We trust what he says in relationships 
and marriage. You see, when we're wronged, I want to get revenge. I want to gossip behind their back. I want to hold a grudge. But what does God's word say? That I should forgive. That I should be quick to ask for forgiveness when I wrong others. You see, it informs me, it teaches me how to live. Even when it goes against what I want. And so I must trust that what God says about how to live in relationships and every other part of life is true and good. And we have faith that God knows how we should live, even if it's hard, even if it costs us. And it will cost us. In a world, now that we live in a world that's hostile to God, how can it not cost us? But we believe his word. We believe his word and we do what he says, that even though it costs us, it's the best thing for us. And in the end, we will receive the reward that we long for. Faith helps us to see what God says is real. Brothers and sisters, let us consider Elisha who, as a prophet of God in the Old Testament, proclaimed God's word and had the eyes of faith. You see, the king of Syria was attacking the king of Israel. And the king of Syria came and set up camp so he could attack the king of Israel. And Elisha, hearing from God, went to the king of Israel and said, Don't go over there. That's where the king of Syria is. He's like, thank you very much. And he went the other way. The king of Syria set up camp again. Elisha goes to the king, informs the king. And the king of Israel, here's where the king of Syria is, doesn't go near him. This goes on. The king of Syria gets, uh, figures out, hey, who among us isn't loyal? Who among us is betraying us to Israel? And his people are like, and I don't know how they know this, but his people are like, it's not, we're not, we're loyal. We're doing fine here. It's Elisha. He's a prophet. He's telling them where we are. He's giving up our location. And the king of Syria is like, I I know what we're going to do. So the king of Syria is going to go attack Elisha. He knows where Elisha is. And he sets up camp outside of Elisha's, where where Elisha is. He's going to put an end to Elisha. And then he'll be able to attack the king of Israel. Problem solved. And one morning, Elisha's servant gets gets up. Goes out of the house, and he looks, and what does he see? The king of Syria and all of his army is arrayed against them, this small band of people. And he's like, alas, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're in trouble, Elisha. What are we going to do? And he's, that guy's probably th- rethinking his whole life choices at that moment. Like, I could have done anything else other than serve a guy who is defenseless against an army, right? And he's going to provoke some armies. But here he is. But what does Elisha do? Elisha prays this prayer, or tells him this. Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes 
that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, beloved, God has arrayed all around us to provide us with all we need, to provide us with so much help. And so let us with faith see God's reality so that we can endure as we trust his word. Brothers and sisters, this morning, have faith. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can trust you and that you have so much better for us. But Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. We ask you this morning to give us the eyes of faith and help us to see your son Jesus who endured the cross. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.